Howdy, Ags. Welcome to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M, where we help entrepreneurs improve their business, connect with other Aggie entrepreneurs, and support one another. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Well, we got a little story for you, Ags. Saucer Crabtree, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001, founded Remote COO in 2006. Sasha and her team of 12 focus on serving entrepreneurs and helping them to live out the joy part of their journey. Do this by really focusing on faith, integrity, quality, relationship, and leadership. So pass it back and listen up to Sasha as she shares some good bowl. Welcome back, Ags. I am super stoked to bring this episode to you. Sasha, thank you so much for joining us today. I think you've got one of the most unique and interesting companies that we've had on Aggie Growth Hacks. In today's environment, a lot of people, a lot of entrepreneurs are comfortable with fractional parts of their business, whether that be a fractional CEO, a fractional CFO. Shoot, we, we've had we've had a fractional facilities manager on Aggie Growth Hacks before, but you're the first fractional COO. And as a chief operating officer, I'm so excited to learn about your business and to learn the value that you bring to your customers. So thank you for being willing to share your story with us today. Thanks for having me on. Well, we all love Aggieland and you are the best class in Fighting Texas Aggie history. No no biased or, or huh? nothing there. And we're actually both December of 2001 grads. But Sasha, what do you miss about no longer being a student on AM's campus? I think just being on campus at all. The campus is amazing. It's visually rich in tradition. And I love everything about the Memorial Student Center and the grounds around that. And there's just something to be said about an ecosystem where most everyone's in kind of the same spot in life. And I live around the Bryan College Station area. So I do find myself on campus attending some events and conferences and things like that. But that's really special to me. And now my daughter's there. Awesome. How's that? It's got to be a really unique position to see your daughter living through some of the, maybe some of the same experiences of going to class studious 100% of the time, never skipping class, never doing anything like that. All of those things. An angel. <laughs> Just like me. (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit about Remote COO? How did it start? How did you come up with the idea for it? And and really, why are you passionate about that at all? I was really good at organizing, both kind of digitally and keeping track of things, very, very focused. And I brought that to my job. I was kind of the Jill of all trades. When you work small organizations, you got to learn how to do a little bit of everything. So that's what I did. And a board member of the nonprofit that I work for said, I really need someone like you on my team. Help me, but I don't need you full time. I work out of my home, so I don't need you sitting outside in my living room doing things. I want, I need some help of your capacity. And I thought, well, great. That sounds wonderful. I can help you with that. And that's just kind of how it started. When an entrepreneur is like, I have so much going on that I just need a little bit of help. Someone that's like me and understands what that looks like. And so for 16 years now, founded and and been running remote CO and remote CEO partners with entrepreneurs and nonprofit organizations to help them run their business. We're your business partner. We are managing the tactical day-to-day operations so that you can stay focused on providing that expertise to your client. So we're a part-time member of the team, professional level experience, all areas of running service-based organizations, and we help you wear all the hats. So Sasha, the question that first pops on my mind when I, I started looking at your company and, and learning about what you do, I might, and th- I understand that this, this 
this is coming from an educated space, but a fractional CFO kind of comes in, works with the numbers, kind of provides a little bit of strategy. Uh, a fractional marketing person comes in, finds a marketing plan, and then helps with the execution of that. But operations, that's daily. I mean, that is that lit, literally it's in the name. It is what you do operationally every day. How do you maximize that value? How do you make sure that you're connected on a daily basis with operations when you're not there every day? Well, a lot of companies can run remotely and we've really found that out over the last couple of years. But we step in as a member of the team and really get to understand the entrepreneur, what their company is, what they're offering their clients and be a right-hand person to them. So it's more than a consultancy. It's more than just kind of helping develop a strategy. We are helping them with all the things that are in the weeds all the way up to project management, some social media presence and really developing workflows and processes. So we're doing all the things that the business owner has to have their hands in. We're helping them with all of those pieces. We have experience in those areas. So we're hiring a team that they don't necessarily have to manage that has experience to pull those things out. And we do get in there on a day-to-day basis. Our our team members are working with our clients every single day. So let me ask, and I know you kind of mentioned this before, but what kind of company like works best with you or you were best with? Well, we really help two segments. One is B2B service-based organization. So most of our clients are consultants or coaches, marketing agencies, organizations kind of providing their expertise and knowledge. And that's a very finite type of thing, much different than commerce and product-based. So we really work well with service-based organizations. And because I come from a nonprofit background as as part of where I have served and my my COO does well, we're able to also provide those same services to executive directors of large nonprofits. So we become their right-hand person and the board of directors liaison within that organization. So is it is it really that you would fill, like, for lack of a better term, like an executive director position at that nonprofit? We are kind of the right-hand person to the executive director or to the CEO of, of that nonprofit. And most of the nonprofits are much larger than our businesses that we serve. They're typically going to have 20 to 75 plus employees where they're looking to really kind of have that fractional person be an extension of them. And that's where we better served as being there, not being kind of the at the water cooler or tell the organization what's going on in the C-suite, things of that nature. We really are able to support the executive director by handling all things that fall on their desk, which typically mm. in nonprofits is a lot. Yeah. And an executive directors, they're fundraising, they're managing donors, they're managing who they serve and kind of working through a lot of that. So Programmatic you're pieces definitely and, and the board of directors. <laughs> yeah. Is there a specific uh, level of, of these companies that, that you like to work with or, or you work best with? Like, uh, I guess monetarily wise, but how many employees really are we talking about? For the business owners and, and entrepreneurs or small businesses, typically they're either solopreneur or they have probably under 10 employees, but the majority of our clients, one to three maybe. So Sasha, I think that what I'm also hearing you say is that you were a front runner of this this thing that, that we call remote work. I mean, before COVID happening, you guys were pioneering being able to to have meetings via Zoom and and kind of work through that. So, so two questions. One has the fact that we're all now comfortable with doing web 
WebExes and Zooms or whatever. Has that allowed you to to attract more clients and and serve them better? And, and then two, has that also allowed because it's now accepted more broadly? Have you been able to increase your ge- geographic le- reach because you're not just tied to Aggieland? Yes, to all of the above. It's definitely mm-hmm. made it a lot easier to be on Zoom calls when we first had Zoom. Some people are like, oh, I don't I don't want the camera on. Why, why not? They're just kind of afraid of that. It's almost an intrusion for some people. Now it's second nature to be on a Zoom or team mm-hmm. call. That's that's really helped us increase the relationship that we have with our clients as a remote organization. And it has allowed us to spread across the US. We're in multiple different states. Our team members are in five different states. So that's really given us the opportunity to gain the talent specific to our culture that, that we need, as well as when people refer us, anyone in the in the US, and we are still able to help their organizations really understand and get into the day-to-day, how do they operate, getting them the right platforms. There's no boundaries. So one of the things that we've heard in the past couple of years of these podcasts are, are how values are really helping companies improve and, and, and really grow. So let's dig in a little bit into your values. What are the values of your company and how did you select them and how has it impacted your growth? We have five core values. We start with faith, integrity, quality, relationship, and leadership. We started to develop those by really coming together as a group in an organization and defining those foundational expectations that we had as humans, right? Because we're we're coming together, we're bringing people from different backgrounds, but we knew we had a commonality and was really kind of getting down to like, what is that commonality? And what was really important to myself and my COO has been with me for 10 years now and, and the people who we had around the table at the time was our faith. So we don't shy away from that we have a strong belief in, in God and our team and our clients and that always encourages us to do our best and that has rooted us and our organization. That's prevalent on our website, our values are. And so when we're hiring and we're looking for people to bring into our company and to serve our clients, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times that comes up in the interview. So when when someone wants to join your team, did you look for past operational experience where they've, they've maybe been in a COO type role? Or are you looking, I mean, you obviously are very big on faith, of course, but then relationship, leadership, pulling people up to the next level and supporting that. So so how do you find your teammates? Well, one, we do structure our interviews around our core values and asking the right questions that will get us to understand what background they have in, in situations that might have these core values called to the table, if you will. So that's that's a really important part. It is an important part of our, our culture and how we build the team. I first start out by talking to my network, like having a referral sales-wise or as someone joining your team is the best way to get a really good route around. So I look out for my, my network first and foremost. And then when you're developing your job description, you have to sell it like you do to your clients. You've got to talk about your company, but first you've got to understand that before you can write it, right? You really need to understand what you are offering, even if it's not specific tangible benefits. What What is it? What environment do you have? What kind of managers do you have? What kind of leader are you? Who are, who's your organization serving and why? And it's kind of a call to action to the employee that they would want to be here with mm-hmm. us. And, and we, we found that on a number of occasions. It's an important part of that recruiting process. So, so as you've acquired and as you've kind of brought on more companies, 
ways that more employees and it's been able to serve more people. Is there a specific point that you can look back and be like, hey, this is what really allowed Ramit's remote COO to, to accelerate their growth, to take it to the next level, to serve more clients? Absolutely. I found myself in the same situation that our entrepreneurs do when I was drowning. It was just me. I had taken on a bunch of clients. It was referral based and we still are. And I found that if I didn't really sit down and get everything out of my head and onto paper, I wasn't going to be able to expand or even continue at the pace that I was at. So I started realizing that I couldn't be the only one to know all of this stuff. And when I was training someone else to help me, I said, we've got to write down. I actually have systems and processes and workflows and didn't really know it. And so once you start developing what those are, what the template, like how to go about a certain thing, brings consistency and efficiency the way that you operate. And it provides a consistent onboarding for your clients. So that client experience is so important, even from the sales process to onboarding to actually delivering your deliverables or your objectives uh, to have those in place so you don't miss those little things that are really important. So do you find that a lot of the things that you do for yourself, do you translate that over to your clients and vice versa? Absolutely. We, we've we learned a lot just from our time being in business and supporting so many small businesses. It's really risky to your clients and to your business to just have everything in your head. You have to kind of mitigate that risk and we convey that to our, our clients and we have to teach them to let go of stuff, delegate it, to trust us and we have to build that pretty quickly. So how do you do that? How do you build that really quickly? Like that, that trust? It's the consistency in our processes. It's yeah. being able to do face-to-face. -face. It's talking about personal stuff first, making sure that you understand who they are as a person, what kind of makes them tick, what's the best time of their day, what's most important to them. You have to understand all of those pieces. Like an entrepreneur, their, their business is their baby and they get stuck in the weeds and you've got to kind of help them out and let them know that you've got this stuff taken care of. So we have to quickly stay true to our words, that integrity piece, right? That we do what we say we're going to do and the time they need it done in and we consistently continue to do that so that they know once they hand something off, they're done with it. It's off their plate. And if we need help doing it, we'll get back to them on it. And it's building that trust. And that's how we gained and retained our clients for many years. Sasha, I know that, that every company is a little bit unique and what an entrepreneur needs from you and your team is unique. But is there something that you can consistently say, hey, th I'm working with solopreneurs and this is the number one thing that they need to get off their plate and me and my team to take take over? Consistently, it is calendar and inbox. Interesting. So well, why is it? Is, is that just because they just don't manage it at all or they don't think about it? It allows them to, to I think inboxes are worse than social media. It, it is information overload and they don't want to miss something and they're signing up for all of these types of newsletters and things like that. So we create rules. We manage their inbox for them. We get that stuff out of there that maybe you're not really paying attention to. Unsubscribe, read later. We try to figure out what those pieces are, what's important to the, the client. It just becomes overwhelming. And what happens is you miss key email. You miss responses from prospects. You miss a sale because you didn't get back to someone in time. So if you have a second set of eyes on that, really helping you pull out what you should be focused on. And it helps us see what we can help you do because we can pull things out from there and say, hey, this person needs to go talk there to their direct report, not directly to you. Let's kind of push that off someone. Let's pull this. I know how to do this piece. Let me do this for you and get a draft at you. Crafting emails for them. The inbox is just overwhelming. If we can keep that business owner focused on their expertise, then they're living out the joy part of their journey because they're focusing on exactly what they started business for, to do the parts that they're really good at that come second nature to them. 
love that. So what about the calendar? How do you how do you help out on the calendar side of things? I completely see it on the inbox, but what about the calendar? Scheduling all of the appointments, making things easy with different processes and tools, and building in work time. Time blocking is very important. Mm. I know that we've heard that over so many years, but you really have to understand how much time you have in a day and people just tend not to. They overbook themselves, don't give themselves great, don't do the harder things in the morning or the afternoon or whatever works best for them. And we talk through that with our client, work with them on when is the best time? How much break do you need? Can you really go on back to back trips? You have a big presentation coming up. It's going to take them a couple hours every week. Let's put that into your calendar so we make sure that we save time for that. that that's the important part. Like If it's not on your calendar, it's not important. Whether it's your kids' games, your meetings that you have, the time that you just need to sit and think and process, you've got to have that. You just do. And we tend not to be able to do that for ourselves. And when you have someone else with you on a weekly call holding you accountable to those things, you get through the process. No hand holds you, if you will. Let's have a working session. Let's do this. Let's brainstorm. And it really helps. Let's talk about your big, hairy, audacious goal because this is one of the biggest things that I love. And it, obviously, it's a big thing, right? But what is your, what's your moonshot? What is your big, hairy, audacious goal for remote COO? I want remote COO to serve 200 businesses and working smarter, not harder, to allow them the opportunity to reach those goals professionally and personally while enjoying the journey. That's the important part. So you mind us asking what number of businesses are you at now? We are a little over 100. We're about at 120. Wow. That's cool. That's, uh, and, and how many people are on your team? Oh, nice. that's, that's, a, that's a good Aggie number. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> Love it. I didn't even think about that. Well, this is going to take us into the lightning round. But before we do that, let's pause here for just a second for a message from our sponsor. And we're back. We're heading into the lightning round and the rules are simple for this one. And that is to answer each question within one minute. You ready, Sasha? I've got this. All right. What is your favorite hack? This can be personal or business, whatever. Anything goes because we are Aggie Growth Hacks. Measure what matters. Metrics have to mean something you and your goal. Don't go comparison shopping for your goals. Love it. That is that is so important. And I love how it's flexible to every company and it can change for it with every company. Sasha, what's your favorite bit of advice and a 2001 bonus points if you can tell us how you've actually used it. Absolutely. Real simple. Get a client. That's how you grow your business. <laughs> Facts <laughs> when, <right there. laughs> when I first started, I was so wrapped up in having everything outlined perfectly, printed, legalized, set up, made. It was very overwhelming. And my mentor told me, you need to go get a client. Get your first client and it'll all fall in place. And it did. So Sasha, what is your superpower? Connecting with others. I have a strong sense of empathy. I ask a lot of questions. I gain an understanding of all of the perspectives really help others see that as well. I wear a lot of hats too. Why mom run a company? I can help our clients do that as well. What about your business just gets you up out of bed excited to take on the day? Coffee. Coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) I love coffee, but yeah, talking with small business owners, brainstorming, knowing that I can offer suggestions and acts to them, what feels seemingly like overwhelming and just getting that feedback from them that they've appreciated our guidance, that we've relieved their anxiety and helped them renew their commitment to enjoying life. But our team says they're so grateful to be part of this organization and that they feel appreciated. I want to achieve that every day. So Sasha, we all know how powerful that the Aggie Network is. So how can the Aggie Network get in touch with you and support you moving forward? Definitely at remotecoo.com. We're on all the social media platforms, but I'm most active on LinkedIn. So I'd love it if they want to connect with me personally and give me a shout and love to hear from other entrepreneurs and how their journey's been. 
And is, is there anything that we could really encourage you, help support? I mean, may, maybe I know that there's a bunch of ags out there that need you and your team, but is <laughs> there anything really, really focusing? <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. Because that, you, you've been so open-handed and giving us a lot of good information. How can we lift you and your team up? I really appreciate that. And I, I think it is about supporting each other. I know how important social media looks and it's really just a digital footprint. It's a really big business out there. But the more that you like, support, and comment on other business owners, when you go back behind the scenes, you're like, I got some more light. I got some this. And it really increases that the footprint that you have, which keeps you in feeds and it just fuels all these other analytics. And I think that's the easiest part in the in the best way is to give a shout out to your local business. Love that. And Sasha, we we love you and love your company and your your openness to be able to share and help not only the entrepreneurs that you serve, but the, the Aggie Growth Hacks family. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Great time. Well, how about that, Ags? I am so motivated by talking with Sasha. I can't believe how many value bombs that she dropped. I know that I wrote down a whole bunch of things here. What was your favorite ones, Greg? I loved how she was really open and honest about what it took for her company to grow to take that next level. And she said that until she got all of her processes, procedures, standard operating SOPs, call it whatever you want, until she got that out of her head and onto paper, that it was really restricting what she could grow and what she could do. And I think that that's so strong of her to admit that. I mean, she she's a COO, a chief operating officer. By definition, she focuses on and helps entrepreneurs with their operations. And anyone that has been in any type of organization that's been successful knows that the way you multiply that is by having all of that stuff written down, communicated, and very widely distributed. And the fact that someone who focuses on that realizes what I need to do this myself. I need to I need to drink my own champagne, so to speak, in order to be able to say, I have to write this stuff down and that's what's going to help me grow. And then to see her grow, I mean, to, she's serving over 120 that's companies, cool. impacting over 120 companies now. That is yeah. so awesome. So cool. Yes. So I was really, really proud of that and proud of her for sharing that. What about you? What was your takeaway? Well, 100% on what you said, but I, I got to go with time blocking because that's that's my jam, right? That's what I like to do. That is what I do every single day, every single week, every single, sometimes even multiple times in a day when I have to shift things around. It's it is so important to put the important things on your calendar and then and then tackle those things when they do come around. And I know that I say this on a lot of the episodes. It's just one of the things that always resonates with me because this was something that I do. I'm not perfect at it for sure, but we do make time just like this right here for our interviews for the podcast here, and, and we do block that out and we tackle those when when they come. But I, I tell you what, if it's not on the calendar, it does not exist. So that needs to be forefront, I think, for with any entrepreneur. Don't let your business run you. You run the business by putting things on your calendar and blocking and tackling that out. Well, I think she took that and she kind of up-leveled it a little bit more because she also said to make sure that when you've got your big task yeah. to either do that in the morning or the afternoon, depending on whatever you are, I mean, because some people are better in the morning, some people are better in the afternoon. So, so let me ask you, are you, if you've got a difficult task or you've got an important task, are you a morning person 
Are you an afternoon person? Are you a night person? Me personally, I'm a morning person, right? So the second that I get the kids out the door and <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking my coffee, I block out the the most important tasks right away because yeah. And and who was it that said that? I think it was uh, Thomas Jefferson that said, if you've got to eat a frog, might as well do it. Mark Twain. First thing in the morning. Yeah. Mark Twain. That's it. Yeah. I don't know why Thomas yeah. Jefferson came out, but yeah, Mark Twain. Another said old you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if you've got to eat a frog, eat it first thing in the morning, right? So that way you get it out of the way. At so. least you've done the worst part of the day. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, personally, I'm. I, that's the first thing in the morning for me. Yeah, I'm a morning person, I would say. Well, Ags, that's going to do it for this episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. We hope that you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed having the conversation with Sasha. If you're not connected with her, make sure that you connect with her on all the socials. She says she's most active on LinkedIn. And that is a woman that has built a team around helping you, the entrepreneur, get the most out of your, to get to live the joy of your, of your life. And so if if you need help with your business, reach out to her, connect with her. I know that she'd love to be able to, to serve you, help you, or maybe just kind of talk through some things. We hope that you connect with Aggie Growth Hacks. If you're not connected with Chris and I personally on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, please do that and make sure you go to aggiegrowthhacks.com where you can not only listen to this episode, but hear all the previous episodes, look and listen to our great content and make sure that if you haven't done so, hit, give us a subscribe, hit a like on whatever podcast app you're listening to right now. We want to give a huge Huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M University. Since 1999, the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A&M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a wantrepreneur, head on over to their website right now to find a program that's right for you. Just go to aggiegrowthacks.com forward slash McFerrin right now. Well, Ags, join us next time when we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and gig em. Whoop!